0: Hello, welcome to another episode of the Scarlet Nation podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Chris Akonis, joined by Bobby Darren. We are at SHI Stadium as the Scarlet Knights find themselves 3-0 for the third year in a row to start a season. 35-16, the final score here over Virginia Tech in a game that uh, started a little bit cagey. Second quarter, Rutgers really you know, getting a couple touchdowns. Virginia Tech made it interesting heading into the fourth quarter, uh, and then Rutgers really putting it away on the ground uh, in the fourth quarter to wrap this game up. Bobby, I'm just curious to get your initial thoughts on what you saw overall from the Scarlet Knights in this game.
1: Well, it seemed like, you know, uh, things were just bouncing their way from the beginning. That fumble uh, early in first play, Rutgers takes it 19 yards in, Kyle Monungai for a touchdown. And it's it's 7-0, Chris, with less than a minute to play. Um, you look at it and you say, wow, you know, this, this could really take a turn in Rutgers' direction. And, and they really didn't play well offensively. Um, you know, they, they ran the ball well, but, like, you know, it wasn't a complete game. It was, you know, five completed passes after three quarters, I think I had two more in the fourth. Um, but it was very disjointed offensively. You know, the running game was good, but it, it was strange because, you know, I felt like, you know, Rutgers was in control that whole game. And all of a sudden, it's 21-16, third down. Kyle Menungai takes that ball 55 yards when the Virginia Tech defense left the wide side of the field wide open. They don't make that play there. You know, Virginia Tech gets the ball back. They have the momentum You know, it it could change on a dime, Chris. So, um, you know, it worked out Rutgers' way. And, And that's what good teams do. You know, good teams find a way to win. They don't find a way to lose. In the past... You know, they wouldn't have made that third down play, you know, and they, they would have they might have given up the ball. They didn't turn the ball over. They took the ball away in the past. You know, that might not have happened. So I think you're starting to see this team grow and mature because they're winning the games they should win. They're not giving it away. And, and I think that was my biggest takeaway, because um, it was a game. Like I said, they don't make that third down play. You know, it, it could change on a dime. So uh, they didn't, and then they won handily. You look at the score, 35-16, and, and you know, they won by 19. It, you know, it's a, it's a good win against the Virginia Tech team that has its struggles, but it's a name program. You know, people will recognize it and say, wow, Rutgers beat Virginia Tech, you know. So uh, it, it's great for Rutgers going into next week against Michigan. That's another story. We'll talk about that. But they did what they had to do, and, and even though the passing game really didn't get on track, they
0: compensated and, and found a way. Found a way, and I think it's worth pointing out. This is a game uh, where Gavin Wimsett, I think, showed some good things and showed some not-so-good things. Um, The passing game, as you mentioned, Bobby, never really got going. Uh, Only five completions uh, uh, heading into the fourth quarter and then two more early in the fourth. uh, But Rutgers, especially down the stretch, running the ball really heavily. But I felt like there was a turning point around when the second quarter began after Rutgers stagnated on a couple drives. Mm -hmm. You saw Gavin Wimsett start to run the football more. A little bit was more... Uh, I think, designed runs. And then there were also some where, you know, I I think Gavin said, look, if my read isn't open, I'm just going to go and and tuck it. And it was working. He was picking up yardage on the ground. Uh, Wimsett finishing uh, with uh, 11 carries for 87 yards, including that 34-yard touchdown that uh, gave Rutgers their first two-score lead. Uh, Gavin Wimsett didn't have it in the air, but I think you saw growth regardless because he adapted, this offense adapted. He got it on the ground, and Rutgers found a way to, you know, put some points on the board.
1: Yeah, and and I think he came out and it was a little off um, you know, him and Jaquay Jackson just did not see him in sync today. You know, they weren't on pa- on the page with a couple of plays. Even that deep ball that he missed him on, Gavin hesitated, didn't just chuck it right up. And it just seemed like those two guys need to get get on the same page. Uh, early on, he, he missed Christian Dremel on a play when he threw it to Johnny Langan and he got tattooed. Um, you know, later on, he missed Ian Strong on a play. Later on, Ian Strong dropped a pass. So it was just bad all around in, in, in the passing game. But, you know, he had to run again. Him to turn to. You know, you look at Kyle guy a guy who comes into the season, and, and we're not even projecting him to be the starter if Sam Brand's, Brown's healthy. And what does he do? He goes out and
0: gets over 300, and he's got about 350 yards in three games. Yeah, um, he's got 311 in the last two alone. Two. Heart-
1: yeah, and, and I mean, you know, he, he, right now, you look at, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the Big Ten right now uh, in terms of stats and who's, who's compiling yardage, but he's one of the top rushers in the Big Ten so far, and Rutgers needed him, and, and he, he's hes hes done what he needed to do. I mean, he gets, he gets downhill, he runs north and south, and, and, you know, just hats off to him for sticking it out, persevering, and, and he really
0: runs tough. Yeah, he really does, and it's worth pointing out, this is a Rutgers running back room that is going to when everyone is fully healthy and everyone is, you know, really fully back in rhythm, Sam Brown uh, and Aaron Young, both no longer on the unavailability report, but you're still seeing, you know, Brown only had a couple carries in this mm-hmm. one, and you're still seeing the running back room really come into full form. But once everyone is really in rhythm, I think this is going to be a dangerous rushing attack, not just because of a guy like Manunga who can really turn on the jets, but other guys that sort of complement his running style in a different way. And I think uh, in the back half of big play that a big 10 play, that's something that Rutgers is really going to need.
1: Yeah. And, you know, running back's a position where guys take a beating. A guy like Kyle Manunga, he runs – between the tackles he's getting hit all game long you know through a 12-game season you know it it takes its wear and tear on you and so you're gonna need a guy to kind of help with that load but you know if he keeps running like that I don't care who they have on the team he's he's gotta be your go-to guy um you know he is just playing tough tough football and and you know he's doing what he does best he's not trying to step out of it I mean you saw him drop a couple passes he's not your your typical receiver out of the backfield but and he does he does it when when, when you need it and, and you saw it again today and I know the Virginia Tech uh, defense bit on that one play, but he made it happen he saw it he broke it to the outside and he had the speed to get there and go and um you know he's, he's just really playing
0: at a high level, Chris. Yeah, certainly a breakout guy for sure for the Scarlet Knights, and this is a Rutgers team now three and O heading into what is by far uh, the toughest test of the season so far against Michigan. We'll get to that in just a second, but first, Bobby, I just want to get your thoughts on you know uh, who are your standout players, and I know Manunga is one of them because you just uh, wax poetic about how well he's been playing the last <laughs> two weeks. Uh, but what else? Uh, who else? Uh, Stood out to you in this one. You know, I thought Aaron Lewis played a heck of a game. I was
1: keeping a close eye on him, and there were a couple plays in the second half. He was getting, you know, double teamed and and driven into the ground a couple plays and get up, kept coming. Um, You know, he only had four tackles through the first two games, and he had eight today. He had that big stop of the two-point conversion. He had a, a sack that forced the fourth down. Uh, late in the game, or was it third and long or fourth and long? One of them. You know, he he had a, a sack there that that really pushed Virginia Tech back and took him out of, you know, reasonable distance and, you know, was just relentless all day long. And I think Rutgers needed that because coming into the year, this is supposed to be one of your best players. And while they were successful the first two games, you know, four tackles, no sacks, no TFLs, I mean, people were looking for this guy to do a lot more. And I think today he did it. And I think, he, you know, he deserves credit
0: uh, for the way he played today. So now we set the stage for week four Rutgers after three straight home games, Mm -hmm. uh, two of which were non-conference in Temple and now Virginia Tech, 3-0 on the year. But now here comes Michigan, a team that a lot of people have penciled in for the college football playoff and are currently in position to do that. Um, That's going to be. And this is by no means an earth-shadowing revelation. That's going to be a very tough game for Rutgers. Um, How are you sort of looking at that matchup for Rutgers? I know it's very early, but, you know, what what do you make of what, what the Scarlet Knights could face?
1: Well, I mean, they're going to face a tough team. It's going to be tough. If this offense plays like it did today, I mean, good luck because, you know, you're going to have to complete some passes. You're going to have to get the passing game in sync. And, you know, they have a lot of weapons on both sides of the ball. I mean, it's going to be a tough road to hoe. But, you know, as long as they can stay competitive and and, and stay with them for a little bit and and show something, I think that that's a win within itself. I I know that people don't like to hear moral victories and stuff. But, um, you know, show them they can. The Rutgers hasn't, you know, they beat Michigan the first year they were in the Big Ten and, and haven't since. You know, they've been blown out by Ohio State every year. Penn State, they can barely score on. So you need to take incremental steps, and, and that's another one there. But, um, you know, not to get too far ahead, I think it's important to note today's game again is a game that – could have gotten away from them, but they, they protected the football again, Chris. They didn't turn the ball over. They got takeaways. Uh, special teams played well. They gave up a 25-yard return on the punt, but, you know, kicking off into the end zone. you don't. You, these are things you don't typically see from a Rutgers team, and that's why you've had these these kind of dark years where they, they just haven't been good. Um, but they're doing these little things. You know, every kickoff goes. There's no chance for teams to run a kickoff back. You know, punting. Uh, they had 12 PUNT RETURN YARDS TODAY, YOU KNOW? Or or twelve kickoff return yards today. I'm sorry. In um, the punting, uh, I had to mention Flynn Appleby. He's, you know, they're not getting any return yards. You saw that shank from Virginia Tech today that went what thirteen yards.
0: It took the opposite of the typical corsack roll. Went back to the fifty. Yeah, I think it was thirteen yards was what it was scored. But yeah, that was a big play.
1: Exactly. And 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 Rutgers isn't making these bonehead plays. They're not getting the penalties like they had in the past. So I think you have to look at all these things. And I think that shows consistent growth. And that shows progress. And that shows a. Team team that is mature you know a team that's been around greg talks about you know getting these guys in here for multiple years they're not making those freshman mistakes you know um so i, I think it's important to look at all that stuff and i think all that contributed to the win you look and it's easy to look at the stats and say well this happened here but you know looking within it you see a lot of those intangibles that are coming together in rutgers favor and, and you know it,
0: it's working out they're 3-0 and, and they've won all three games by significant margins i also want to point out something that just occurred to me, which is the fact that you talk about Rutgers winning games that in the past might have gotten away from them. Both last week against Temple and this week, uh, there was a point where it was You know, a one score game. And, you know, Rutgers fans, I think at least some of them sort of got a pit in their stomach like, oh, this is going to come down to the wire. We thought we had this game wrapped up and now Mm -hmm. could potentially slip away both times. You know, the running game really kicked into gear. Defense made some good stops. And Rutgers was able to really put their foot on the accelerator. Um, And I I do think that's a big uh, point of growth. Uh, Even beyond just a 3-0 start, just the fact that games that would have been nail-biters maybe last year, you think back to that Temple game on the road, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, this year, very much not the case.
1: Yeah, and they're used to starting the years with wins like this, but it hasn't been the same context. You know, it, it's a different context, and people often ask for predictions on the season. How many games are they going to win? What's it going to be? And I, I think sometimes you have to look deeper in that, Chris. And if you win so many games, how do you win them? You know, how do you lose the games? Um, they're winning these games in ways that they haven't won them in the past. So I think that's a big positive. Still, ways to go. The Big Ten still got some formidable teams out there, but they have some less than formidable teams. Out there too, so Rutgers has a chance. I mean, Michigan State was, you know, they were getting blown away today, you know, by Washington. And you know, you look at that; that's, that's a game. You know, it, it's homecoming. It's, it could be a game Rutgers wins, so it's different from from how we projected at the beginning of the year. So, um, you know, just a lot of positives to take out of here. Not as many individual performances today that are that are, you know, top of the line. We did mention Aaron Lewis and, and Kyle Manungay, obviously, but you know, just a good team effort. Guys making plays when they needed to. To keeping guys fresh on a defensive line coming in doing their job um you know just just a good team win and, and, and a, a game that these guys didn't let get away
0: and I'll, I'll close with this and again um it's worth pointing out Gavin Wimsett had you know, a very good day on the running game mm-hmm. been inconsistent in the passing game but I do think it says something about a team when you're facing a power five opponent uh, you really don't have much going in the passing game. Rutgers finishing with only forty six passing yards and you still managed to win the game by nineteen points. I think that says something not just about, you know, the growth that Rutgers has had in terms of the personnel in the field, but the coaching, the adjustments and, and that aspect of it as well.
1: And those passing numbers are similar to numbers you saw in the past when they were getting pummeled. But today they won the game. You know, I, I remember covering games and and you know, they get beat up pretty bad and you look at the stats by the end and you go, That's all the passing yards they had. Um but the result is drastically different.
0: So I, I think it speaks a lot to the evolution of the program. And one final point I just want to make out because I think it's a big deal. Um, you know, we're now three games into the season. Gavin Wimsett um, has shown some flashes, actually a good amount of flashes, especially the first two weeks of growth. But I think just as importantly, and this is going to matter down the stretch in Big Ten play, has not turned the ball over once, interception or fumble. Uh, obviously that's not going to go 12 games in all likelihood, but if he can maintain that ball security down the stretch, I think Rutgers is going to be in some games that they weren't in last year.
1: Yeah, and he's 3-0. The best thing you want about your quarterback is to protect the football and win games. And, you know, whenever we evaluate recruits, you know, what kind of games that they win and, and, you know, protecting the football and stuff like that, it's important. It factors in, and and he's just going to get more confident, you know, in talking to him after the game, you know, he said it's always better after a win, and, and um, you know that's just going to help his confidence grow. And, and he's smart when he's running the ball. He's not taking the, all the big hits. He does get in the pile and, and you know, put his shoulder down, but he's not taking unnecessary risks. And uh, you know it's showing up. I think he's done. You know he, you've seen his progress from last season. I should say, Chris.
0: And on that note, that does it for us here on the Scarlet Nation podcast as we recap a 35-16 to 16 win uh, for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights over the Virginia Tech Hokies and Old Big East matchup going Rutgers' way here at SHI Stadium. Uh, Scarlet Knights next up will be hitting the road to take on Michigan. And, of course, uh, we at ScarletNation.com will have full coverage of that matchup in the week leading up and on the day of the game. Uh, so be sure to uh, check out our latest coverage of Rutgers football and Rutgers basketball uh, and also uh, – keep in touch with bobby myself uh, and everyone else over on the message boards as we interact with the fan base so be sure to stick away there and that does it for us here on the Scarl nation podcast uh, be sure to listen next time